I'm Scott McGrew. Welcome to Sand Hill Road. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The clip you're about to hear comes from my interview with venture capitalist Jory Bell of Playground Global last October. What's your favorite book? My favorite book? Probably Tetra Scroll by Buckminster Fuller. I actually knew the answer before I asked it. I had the book in my backpack. You want to describe it to me? So Tetra Scroll was originally a set of... uh, prints that Buckminster Fuller made on these triangular plates that illustrated... (laughs) (laughs) Yep, there you go. uh, I brought it it with me, so continue. Wow, I'm I'm glad I got the right answer, unless you have a lot of books (laughs) in that bag. Oh, yeah, I got dozens of books in there. Yeah, it's great. Uh, You know, that, that started out with Buckminster Fuller kind of telling his daughter... The, the story of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And she always wanted to hear that same story and it got a little boring. So over time, he kind of evolved it into a math and physics lecture. Uh, and, and this is the kind of distillation of that into a number of prints that he did. I, I can't remember the, the woman's name who's the, the lithographer that he did in conjunction with her. And, and uh, that's the book. So I, yeah, I really I enjoy reading this to my daughter now. So that got me started asking people I interview about their favorite book. It does not need to be, you know, some some sort of uh, business tome. It could be, I don't know, Winnie the Pooh. I, it doesn't make it, you know. Uh, but is there a, a go-to book or a, give, a book you give as a gift or one that you'll always have on a shelf? Yeah, there, well, there are a couple. I would say probably the most... Um, powerful book that I ever read, and it had a lot to do with when I read it and and how it influenced me afterwards, um, was Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Amy Nyakis of Anthemis. Um, I read it uh, as a, I think, 16-year-old in a a high school English class. And um, it was the type of book, um, I don't know how, you know, it's it's a story of a survivor of a concentration camp who goes on to be a psychotherapist and um, it's, you know, it's work with the kind of community of experiencing that trauma. And I, I think that for me, it was the first time I'd really established as a, you know, soon to be young adult, that all the things that were happening in my little small life at the moment were probably not that bad in comparison to what might be happening around the world. I'll, I'll warn you, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty avid reader. I don't sleep much. So I read a book every week and I've been doing it since I was a kid. Angel investor Human Rodfar 
CEO at Collective. Um, so it's when you say favorite for me, that's a tough one. It's like movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I'll give you one that influenced me the most. So I, I have favorites in context. So I could give you a business book. I could give you different categories. But I'm going to give you one that influenced me the most because I think that's the heart of what you're saying. Sure. Um, there's a book called The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. And um, the reason that I think it influenced me so much was there's a character, Howard Rourke. And the character is, I would say, very um, archetypal, almost exaggerated. And this character is an architect and his, you know, a friend. I mean, they're almost like rivals. Um, Peter Keating, also an architect, but it shows the path of these two people who chose the same profession, but for different reasons. Howard Rourke chose it because he just loves to build. And, and it was, it was, if he didn't do it, he was in pain. And, uh, Peter Keating chose it because it was something his mother wanted to do. It was a good job. And then it shows the progression of their lives, making the same choice in the profession, but with different intention and how, you know, ultimately Howard Rourke, you know, regardless of his circumstances was just always enjoy because he just got, he went, he could do what he wanted to do. It was so pure. And it inspired me to challenge myself to say, what is, what is it I want to do? Atlas shrugged. Bessemer Venture Partners' Mary D'Onofrio, also a Rand fan. Strong female leader, objectivism, and just kind of single-mindedly going after what you want. Um, I think it's a pretty inspirational one. And then for those who haven't read it, or I mean, everybody's heard of it. Those (laughs) those who haven't read it, what is the, the general synopsis of it? Oh God, summarizing. Yeah, that's a tough right one. Now. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll get back to you on the summary. <laughs> What's the back of the book jacket say? Uh, Dagny Taggart takes over the world. That's <laughs> basically what it is. To me, it's the Harry Potter series. Rick Yang from Menlo Park's NEA. That was such a phenomenal series that um, uh, I just. I remember I just couldn't stop <laughs> with that with that series. Um, and it was so wonderfully written and it just captured so much of uh, sort of my my imagination growing up as both a gamer and and sort of really loving kind of the fantastical nature of things. Um, and to me, it's one of those series that I think everybody should read read because it it really does to me epitomize sort of the joy of of that medium as entertainment. Samir Call recommends The Last Days of Night. It talks about kind of the race to electricity between uh, Westing, uh, Westinghouse or it was, uh, yeah, I think it was, uh, it was uh, between um, Thomas Edison and I believe it was Westinghouse and how they were both kind of vying for tes- Nikola Tesla's technology so that you could actually you know, get alternating current uh, so you could do light, light. And that was pretty exciting just about, because it was, the, you know, Edison was the Elon Musk of his generation, right? Like, you know, a lot of show, a lot of aggression and it uh, uh, is neat to see that, you know, that kind of entrepreneurial spirit in Menlo Park has persisted now for, you know, over a hundred years. To kill a mockingbird. No, that's easy. Danny Lamont of Oak HCFT. Um, I, th- I think I just, it really struck me as a child in terms of social justice and understanding it, um, and the impact on, um, you know, the historical moment and understanding where we have been as society and where we're going. And I just, I, it's always been, I mean, it just, I think that's the reason I was a political science major. Cause I just, 
it, that spoke to me. And it was something larger than yourself. And I grew up in Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin, where there were no people of color. <laughs> um, and it was, a, you know, it was like an, an exposure to other people's lives. And, and I don't think really understood even what the South was like, you know, at that era in the 60s, right? There was um, so much uh, uh, hope, you know, about civil rights and where the world was going. And um, and to think of what, what it was really like for people uh, that were you know, in an era that was what, 10, 20 years before that, um, was, was, uh, I think shocking to a, you know, seventh grader. Nicole Quinn named Enid Blyton's The Folk of the Faraway Tree. Yes, it's a children's book, but you can definitely read it as an adult. Um, and I've read it many times over my life. So the children go to the top of the tree and every single time they go there, there's a different land at the top of the tree. Um, and they just use their imagination to conjure up these incredible different lands. Um, and that to me goes to the view of what Web3 NFTs, the metaverse is really going to look like. Um, and we've been dreaming of these different worlds at the top of the trees for you know decades, and now it's time for it to become a reality. And I'll give you two I've always enjoyed. All Creatures Great and Small, most people know that one. The BBC has turned it into a TV series, not once but twice. It's the memoirs of a British veterinarian around the time of the First World War. And Eric Larson's Dead Wake. He wrote Devil in the White City as well, also a very good book. Larson writes historical nonfiction, but plots it like a novel. Dead Wake is about the sinking of the Lusitania, written from both the view of the captain of the ocean liner and the captain of the German submarine. Now, you know what's going to happen in the end, but it's still a nail-biter. Sandhill Road is produced by Sean Myers under the leadership of Sarah Bueno and Stephanie Adruni. For more interviews with Silicon Valley's most influential entrepreneurs, check me out on TV at Press Here. That's Sunday mornings on NBC Bay Area and everywhere in the world on iTunes and at PressHereTV.com.